want her to be present now. <laughs> you like Madonna and you want her to be present now. That's what pre-Madonna means. You just love by virtue of you liking her. She should be present. I think that's kind of like the kind of like the connotative meaning of the word. Um, see, the way that this podcast works, babe, is that you know I don't get paid necessarily to like bring you a chair. So like we like bring each other our own chairs. Right. So we all bring our own chairs, and we just kind of like you know, kind of all contribute. You know. But like, excuse me. <laughs> Because he can watch him walk. His fashion like that. Because he can watch him walk. So we actually don't pay. Um, but we would love to have you come speak. What we can offer is a glass of water for you and your manager. Sparklinger potable. Sparklinger still. We can't do nothing else. Talking to yours. Maybe some nuts. Well, the Cliff Bars are an extra cost. We only have a certain amount for the budget, so. My right seem less with the more I grow. Talk Tell Sally Mae like to get off my phone. It'll be quite a day say when I pay these loans. Say I'm more than talking. Say my name I'm is Erica My name is Wish I had a voice I could sing this song. I'm um, I eat butt for a living. Okay. I wish that was true. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Head Rat to Hood Rap. If you're just joining us recently, welcome. You know what we do here you because head you rat. read. Head Rat. Oh, excuse me. Welcome to another episode of Hood Rat to Head Rap. Obviously, I don't even know what the name of the podcast <laughs> is. If you're just joining us now, welcome. Thanks for being here. This is Mr. Cold Blooded and Downright Funky, your boy, Ebony Donnelly, East Oakland Stand Up. You know what I'm talking about? And this is Erica Hart, Severin, Maryland, suburbs, sub, stand up. You know what I'm talking about? Stand up. Stand up suburbs. Sure you will. Okay. <laughs> so we have a very, um, by popular demand episode, a bonus episode. So it's not going to be hella long. What so are your should, pronouns? Oh, my pronouns are he, him. I know my name is Ebony, um, but don't get it twisted. Ebony is a gender neutral name, actually, because I said so right now in this moment. Boom. Um, and I declared that, that this is gender neutral. Do you Either, know all names are gender neutral? Oh. Every single wow. one of them are gender neutral. Oh my God. People add gender to names. Oh my God. Okay, so that's this your <laughs> number. That's your first, you know, piece of game for free. This for morning. free, okay. Okay. This is your introduction to introduction. hood rat to hood from hood rat to hood rat. It's a mouthful, but you already know your name is fucking. All names are gender neutral. We add gender to names, but that's not what we're talking about this episode. We're talking about what y'all motherfuckers want to talk about, which is the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes and H and M. Also, my pronouns are she they. Yes. So we're going to be talking about the Golden Globes, um, neoliberal capitalism, and H&M, and how when companies stoke people's pessimism and stoke their sort of anger around social justice issues, their stock goes up because of the furor and the uproar around it. Just like H&M stock went up the day. H&M's felt sort of um, declining stock in recent months actually went up. Um, after the young boy 
well, I don't know their pronouns, but after the the young child models, the young ch- black child models a picture um, in a what did it say, babe? Um, the hoodie, get, coolest that. monkey in the jungle. Oh yeah, the hoodie says the coolest monkey in the jungle. Yeah, you probably seen it. it's a green hoodie. It's dreadful, um, but that's not what we're talking about. What's most dreadful is not the way it looks, but the copy on there and their choice of model to depict that. Now, I also saw that one of the other sort of um, hoodies that they had, excuse me, one of the other hoodies that they had, and it was a white child modeling, it was um, Jungle Expert Mm -hmm. or Jungle Survival Survival Expert. Um, Um, So there were other options. That was not the only... Right. um, in the line, that was not the only option in the line of children's hoodies, children's jungle theme. Of course, hoodies. there was other options. They know what they're doing at this point, right? So I will say that. I mean, these things happen all the time. The Dove was kind of the, one of the most memorable debacles that a corporation had in the public eye. Um, that was where Dove was essentially charged with uh, being super racist because they had the ad with a woman taking off her shirt and now turning into a black woman, taking off a brown shirt and turning into a white woman with a brown shirt on, um, and she's now clean. So clearly, I'm like, there's no way that they didn't know what that meant. It was just no possible way that that wasn't intentional and that it wasn't a public relations victory for Dove um, because I don't even know who uses Dove. And if you a use Dove products, use Dove. no shape, but it's all full of chemicals anyway. I'm sorry. I was trying to find the art, the the Facebook status, I think it was, or the picture that the mom, the H&M mom posted um, with her son saying he's posed in a lot of Oh, this is a child's camp. mother. He's posed in a lot of campaigns and um, y'all are taking this way too far. I don't get what she meant. <laughs> you know exactly what she means. What does she mean? Though? She means that she's, this is the same thing, the same critiques that we got when we talked about Oprah's speech is that we need to stop over analyze. Stop over. Yeah. Just be happy. And Oh, like, you know, she said something. It's like, well, at least the boy is working. At least the boy gets an H&M campaign. But the thing is, is P. Diddy said that he, I hate calling that fool that, but I guess that's his name. That's his name. Let me affirm that. Okay. P. Diddy said that he would give the child a $1 million, $1 million contract to model for, um, Sean, what is it? Sean John? I didn't even know that Sean John was still a thing. It's a thing, apparently. So, but if that's the case, then the mom should turn it down since everybody's making a big deal about it. She won't turn it down. Right. And that's the gag. I really want to see if she doesn't turn it down. She's not going to turn it down because the reason why people, especially when black people say it is infuriating, but the reason why people get so angry about other people not subscribing to fucked up shit is because of personal interest and personal gain. They feel like, oh, uh, somebody, presumably a powerful white person is going to wrest this opportunity from me and by proxy rest this opportunity for money for me and my son away from me if we make a big deal out of what was clearly an attempt to make people mad and it had the intended response Mm. which was to make H&M stocks go up yeah yeah 
Like it's also it's not about at the end of the day. Like I don't. I feel like there is a a very valid fear that lives in most black people's bodies in response to white people and responding to the things that they do and the racist things that they do um, to the point where there's a a very great level of cognitive dissonance that happens where it's like, what do you mean? Like y'all are making a big deal about this because you don't want your son to lose opportunity. And if you think if you side with the oppressor, then that will have your son continue to have money and it's just not continue to have deals and it's just not the case. And it's also really damaging to your son. Yes. It's terrifying. I wish I could find the post, but she definitely posted it. She probably deleted it once <laughs> right. she realized that she was going to receive a million dollars based on P. Diddy's own right. dis- disgust right. at that ad. Right. Um, and I never thought I'd ever be saying anything positive about P. Diddy. But here it and is. Then, it's and then, nine you know, days in. And then, but still, what's interesting is that... Um, Black people on my, at least on my timeline, were saying like, oh, look, the mom doesn't care. Y'all are making a big deal about this. It's like, wait a minute, what? Like, just because the mom, you know, centers whiteness does not mean that it's now not racist. It's still racist. (laughs) H&M knew exactly what they were doing. It is no coincidence that they had a black child in a sweater saying, you know, king of the jungle or whatever the hell is. What is it? The favorite monkey? What is it? Coolest monkey in the jungle. They knew exactly what they were doing. And people are like, oh, it's a Swedish company. All of that stuff starts in Sweden. I'm sorry. It yes. starts. <laughs> don't get it twisted. I mean, it happens in Sweden. It happens here. Right. Like, I don't know where the origins of that conversation is, but like, it certainly no is not remiss. anti-blackness all of a sudden in the Alps. Right. Sweden, it's certainly you know I mean? not remiss in Sweden. And I think so for those finance nerds out there and finance, you know, people who enjoy talking about you know, the market's relationships to people's sort of uh, pathos around a particular thing. Now, there is, the, the, I'll read this. The information content of stock microblogs and the effects of Twitter sentiment on stock price returns arrives at essentially the same conclusion. There is a correlation between the social feeling for a particular stock and the evolution of financial markets, but not causality. So it's not a cause and effect, a cause and effect relationship, but the effect that that is present is that when there is controversy, as we've seen a myriad number of times, it was Dove and what was before Dove? It was like they were kind of happening back to back, like all these different sort of um, ways that companies were either appealing to social justice causes, i.e. during Trump's uh, immigration ban, Lyft and Uber having some weird kind of like public competition Mm -hmm. where Lyft was like, we're donating a million dollars to ACLU all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Um, The Mm -hmm. ACLU has been around for, I don't know, how many years? Maybe a hundred or something years. And Lyft just now decided, of course, Lyft is a much younger company, but it's also been around for longer than two years so right i'm pretty sure they were able to donate at an earlier point in time they did not um until the opportune moment so i think it's like companies while it's the correlation there's still much research to be done on that it does have a marked effect even when your business is in the news 
Yeah. That's going to affect your stock in some way. Yeah. That's going to affect whether people buy into it or not in some way. And I think if H&M is sort of flailing under the pressure of Zara's success, having a controversy won't hurt. Yeah, because then people see that you did some silly apology and then they want to still support you because you said sorry. Yep. There's people that love that shit. Like back in the day, there were world events and different things that folk that um, sort of affected um, the already mercurial stock market and the financial markets. But now that you have the Internet, it's easier to gauge mood like stock market is all about predictions for the most part so when you have motherfuckers talking about things that would possibly shift stock or have mm. you think it'll go down you think it'll plummet because mm. people are like i'm not fucking with h&m because that clothes is not that cute but babe how your 2018 been tell us <laughs> My 2018 has been rough man it's been rough honestly i haven't i, I mean I feel like I, tr you know, try to keep some things personal, but something like insurance is just so pervasive, is so ridiculous that I have had been talking to the New York State of Health with the Affordable Care Act to get insurance since November, haven't actually been able to go to the doctor still to this day, um, have paid now since for insurance and still um they're having issues and i just i don't even want to talk about it on the podcast like I, that's all i have to say because it's just infuriating and you. i'm gonna get it handled so yeah it's just it's been it's been trying trying me who else been trying you you know i want to say as white people have been trying me but that because that's just the general standard right um but also black people black people have been really upset that i've been talking about you've been Oprah. coming for that now that is mother that's mother like i'm really i'm also really surprised because oftentimes black people intracommunally don't necessarily ride hard for black films if it's, you know, Jesse Williams or Bill Cosby or um, Cornell West or whatever cis dude who's saying something that's, you know, relatively intelligible or has done something problematic, we are finding ways to, like, save their grace or save their show or mm -hmm. save their legacy. But here is, <laughs> here is this black femme that people, it's, that she has also, like, missed the misogyny um or she has risen above the misogyny that most black films experience and i just have seen i guess which is i guess a beautiful part about this whole oprah thing is that people are really standing for a black film but i think they're also standing i would i think what they're really standing for if they got really honest yeah. is money yeah i think they're really standing for like that article that we shared the other day um by nicole ashkoff right from the guardian mm -hmm. says like you know, you're standing for this this ideal of the American dream. And that's what you're standing for is that you, too, could be a billionaire. But you have to get that that's not how this works. Yep. <laughs> and why is there only one? Right. Isn't that strange that it's just Oprah? Like, wouldn't that be enough for you to be like, American dream is bullshit. There's mm. only one. Right. So, yeah, we've been I've been I you know, I've clearly not 
held my lips about that speech and how I thought it was subpar, but people think that I should just be happy um, and celebrate the speech. And what else was she supposed to say? It's like me as a person that doesn't have a billion dollars, who's um, also a sexual assault survivor is supposed to then write the speech for Oprah that she was supposed to say so I could be happy. But I can't just critique what she said <laughs> and like be in the space that I'm in like Oprah. And then, and then it's the conversation of, Oh, but Oprah isn't an activist, but she's talking about social political things. She's talking about, she's literally the golden globes used a, a social justice stance and made a, I guess, a political point or a um, an activist mode to to dismantle or to raise awareness about something. So in that moment, you are an activist. Um, so I'm gonna hold you accountable for if your activism is working or not. It's just like Black Lives Matter. We held them to account because they weren't talking about black trans women. They were talking about black cis men. That doesn't mean that Black Lives Matter is completely trash. It just means that there was holes. <laughs> and Big you should ones. be and you should be critiquing the work that you see. You shouldn't just be like Oh my God, I love that speech so much. You should ask yourself why. I think I've said that on here before. Yes. Why did you like the speech? Why did you like that particular type of activism? Why do you think that person is attractive? Why do you or why do you desire that thing? Why do you want to buy that shirt? You should be questioning all of these things because none of that shit is innate. <laughs> It's not like, oh, yep, it was a really great speech because she had all of these points. No, like sexual assault isn't this thing to just have points about. You know, what exactly, what are we doing here? Right. If we're having Oprah do a speech about sexual assault at the Golden Globes, she won an award for her work. <laughs> I mean, Oprah's no. seminal work has been, some of her work has been around child abuse. They had an Oprah bill, the National Child Protection Act. Um, around um, mostly child sexual assault and child sexual abuse. But in no way can it be skewed to say that Oprah's work has been around tackling sexual assault in Hollywood that is that was very conspicuous and known and hidden and under the rug. Right. That work was opportune for her. Right. And I also, you know, Oprah, you know, is a sexual assault survivor. I know that very well. Um, and people have been telling me that as if there are breast cancer survivors that say things that I completely disagree with that I feel like make a, a cause a detriment. And I do think that Oprah... At, like she does in her work, this is like Oprah's ideology or Oprah's way of being, Oprah's way to make money, is that she talks about the victim and how the victims need to raise up. And that's what she mm -hmm. said. She said, girls, you keep telling your truth, which I agree with. I think if, yes, if you tell your story, if you tell, speak your truth, it will change things. It will shift things. But in a matter of sexual assault, you can't say a blanket statement like that. No. You really can't. Because sometimes telling your truth will kill you. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that girls, first of all, again, sexual assault is not just um, cisgender girls who are being assaulted. So one, we have to stop saying that. It is literally erasure of whole communities when we say things like that. Um, and then we also perpetuate the idea that only cisgender girls will be impacted by sexual assault, not that they also cause it or that they are also at the hands of it or that they also perpetuate it. We have to talk about that. Yeah. So why I think it was, re why I think that her 
speech missed the mark is because she's saying like girls a new day is coming well how where is the new day coming if you're not talking to the cis men in the room who have caused and perpetuated sexual assault how is a new day coming if you're sitting in a room and with your platform with cisgender women who haven't said anything about sexual assault what what is the what's the deal you talked about Reese Taylor. Yeah. You talked about Reese Taylor and how six white cisgender men gang raped her and got acquitted. And then you kept talking about Reese Taylor and Rosa Parks. Yeah. You wanted to talk about black femmes pain such that you can make a point about sexual assault. That is not how this works. Yeah. That's not how this works. That yep. you, you need to talk about the abusers. I'm just wondering at what point in sexual assault advocacy, sexual assault work, do we talk about and hold abusers to account? I'm tired of centering victims. I'm tired of re-triggering their trauma. I'm tired of making it about them. I don't think that we as sexual assault survivors need to be at the center of this conversation. We need to be centered. Yeah. But our trauma and our pain does not need to be centered. It needs to be talked about in a way that holds the people that do this to us accountable. I don't need $16 million in a legal fund so I can then go report something and then something still not happen because there's not enough evidence. The systems haven't changed. So even if I do report the shit like Reese Taylor in the 1940s, the motherfucker still won't go to jail. That still happens today. Yes. And Oprah didn't say that. And people are saying, oh, but she alluded to that. No, she did not. Right. <laughs> no, she didn't. If she alluded to it, she would say, and it's still happening. No, what she said was, is that girls keep coming forward. Why? <laughs> to what end? Well, that's the thing. It's like, change the conditions Hello? under which the truth is told. That's where her speech to me missed the mark. What are the conditions under which we're telling the truth? If you're only addressing cis girls, address cis girls. But then it's like, you want them to tell their truth on top of a pile of shit. Right. You want them to tell their truth when it's not in their favor in the courts to right. do so. Right. You want them to tell the truth when a conviction rate for a, a sexual assailant and abuser is low. Right. And you start a legal fund under those conditions. And that's why I said all, not mm. all sexual assault is created equal. If you are a millionaire actress and you are coming forward about your sexual assault, you do not have the same risks penned against you if you are just a little black girl living in fucking Alabama. Or if you're a black, the same. or if you are a black cis or trans woman in prison. Right. What it's, you gonna do if you're in jail already? Not, and they're not gonna believe you. And it's almost your body then belongs to the state. I mean, there's just so many intersections of this that don't get acknowledged when it becomes co-opted by mainstream celebrities. And then we give them the, the, the good grace to be like, that was great. And it completely missed up the speech was four minutes. You and it was heralded so as the best thing of the best fucking speech of the decade. 
I'm in a saying. matter of four minutes. And my other thing about that is just, it's the cult of personality. Mm-hmm. There's no way that people can, and I've seen a lot of articles. Um, there's an article that I'll link to. I'll link to the article by Nicole Ashcroft, written tw- in 2015, talking about um, Oprah as a the, the greatest neoliberal capitalist thinker of our time. One of the greatest. She's certainly not exclusively. Um, and then Vice had an article about I shouldn't have to be explaining why Oprah shouldn't be president. And I'm like, you know, some white people, I'm like, I got to check y'all on y'all anti-blackness a little right. bit, make sure you're not coming for Oprah, you know, <laughs> on some anti-black shit. But what the article was saying and one of his merits is, is that the cult, just because you like somebody should not necessarily warrant them running for public office but that's how we vote for presidents in this country and we and don't have a good track record we don't people have a good liked track record trump people liked trump people liked that he was a billionaire people said we don't want a billionaire president but you still voted for him and then now you're saying that you want another billionaire president that's what you want so what does right. that mean to me you just don't like people that are poor that's kind of maybe i'm reaching but i think no i'm not reaching there's anti-reaching there's anti-poor sentiment all up and throughout that speech totally all up and throughout oprah's whole ideology it's all about i used to sit on this you know in my floor where my working class mom was there working for me and then now look at where i am it's like yeah just you (laughs) and you play by a particular set of rules right just you. You play by a particular set ne- of rules. I'm ne- I don't know. I mean, we have to really do some research, but I have never really heard Oprah come out and have a stance that's not All Lives Matter-esque. Now, she's never said All Lives Matter, no. but it's always laced with that, and so was that speech. Yes. As someone, um, who said that? It was someone on my Facebook timeline that said that it was All Lives Matter. Um, as, but that's what it was. It was like, I would hope I, you know, I hope that again, the girls in this world see like the, that there's people standing behind them, like the cisgender women and cisgender men in this room. Like, are you kidding me in that room? (laughs) Because they're wearing black and because they donated money. Give me a break. You give me a break. And it's also just like. It's a cult of personality and personal appeal. I've always been fascinated with how much people devote themselves and love celebrities. Mm-hmm. So much so to the point where it's like Oprah can talk around. First of all, that it was circumlocutory. It wasn't like mm-hmm. you said you mentioned that she's talking about social and political things. So we're going to essentially like hold her to those statements. And mm-hmm. as far as her activism is concerned. She's saying social political things without actually saying social and political things. Right. She's doing it in such a roundabout way that gets people so riled up because other people just literally say social and political things in a roundabout way. Nobody want to say shit. Oprah didn't say shit. And people are like, she implied that. Every single person that has defended this speech says it was implied. I don't need shit to be implied when you're talking about sexual assault. I need shit to be direct. Especially when you had a social capital that empowered that Oprah had. Right. You should be talking about how white supremacy plays a major role in sexual assault and how it's playing a role in that room. It's playing a role in why we're wearing black and getting so much attention. I don't need to raise awareness about what... I'm sorry, but what awareness needs to be raised about sexual assault? What awareness? Almost, that's a very good question. What awareness it's needs the prevalence to be of it, raised? It's the prevalence of it says that it's. I'm, we're all pretty aware that it happens. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm perplexed. That's what crazy. needs to be raised? 
What means something needs to be done? I don't need awareness. This is not uh, a breast cancer like diagnosis. This is not something where it's like, you need to go to the fucking doctor at this point. If you notice this, this is not that. <laughs> this is, you need to not, you need to hold cis white men accountable. The, the end. You need and to the, hold, and- you need to hold abusers accountable. You need to hold people who don't honor consent. People who literally touch you when you say no people who, um, sexually assault you, sexually harass you. All of those people need to be held to account. The people on the street, that street harass held to account. You know what people think about that? They think it's okay. They think it's a compliment. People defend abusers all the time. Raise awareness about that shit. Yep. (laughs) Raise awareness that literally when I tell you that I've been street harassed, you're like, oh, but didn't you like it? You know how many people have said that to me? Yes, I've also heard that. Come on. And it's also, and some people will be like, well, what do you mean? You know, sexual assault, you know, sexual abusers, um, they're sexual abusers of all races. It happens across racial divides. What I'm saying is, is that the ways in which criminality has been by and large associated with black people, crime, the propensity to commit crime in certain crimes, i.e. drug dealing, has been associated with black cis men, is much in the same way that the that white cis men have been accused to the same level but why isn't the association there why hasn't it stuck white cis men are accused of and prosecuted for and caught in the act and all the fucking time mm-hmm. of sexual assault and sexual abuse just in hollywood alone mm-hmm. kevin spacey harvey weinstein see if it's a go all these motherfuckers are white. Mm-hmm. All of them are cisgender men. Mm-hmm. Where's the association between white cisgender men and sexual assault? Where's the association with white cisgender men and murder? Mass murder. Where's the... So it's the same They control thing. the narrative. People are <laughs> loathed. They control the narrative and they control Oprah and what she says and what she doesn't say. Yes. That's why she didn't say white supremacy. Is anybody surprised? That's why we have to read between the lines. I shouldn't have to read between the lines to somebody that you're saying is a potential president. I should actually see what the hell they're saying. It sh- I should be very evident. I shouldn't be using, you know, a prominent uh, black leader to get what she's trying to say because I don't. I don't get what she's trying to say. I get that she's, again, raising awareness about another sexual assault victim who was denied and literally died not seeing her abusers held to account. Who literally oh. died December 28th, but for the la- but for the 20 years after her, all her accusers were acquitted in, 19, in the 1940s, she said white people treated her badly still. People still didn't believe her. She had to live 20, she had to move to Florida. She had to leave Alabama and move to Florida because of how poorly white people treated her. College campuses across the country, literally almost every single one have huge, huge rates of sexual assault and sexual violence. You don't need to raise awareness about sexual assault and sexual violence on a college campus, in many spaces. You need to have a plan of how you are holding abusers to account. Yes, there needs to be trauma-informed care for those who experience sexual assault, but I feel like so much focus has been on sexual assault survivors, um, people who have period sexual assault survivors, that there has been 
it has been instituted how to care for sexual assault survivors, but there has been nothing to literally get rid of, <laughs> remove from society, <laughs> bar, re restorative justice, whatever it is for people who abuse. It's just not. They just left off the hook time and time And again. this is why it persists. Yep. It is really why it persists. Yeah. And talking about awareness is just a way to not do anything at all. Yeah. It's a way to continue to get money. It's a way to continue Absolutely. to manage funds. It's a way to feed into the nonprofit industrial complex. Yeah. It's a way to feed into the activism industrial complex. It's going to be one of those motherfucking things now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? To yeah. describe the way yeah. organized spaces are run now. Um, in the mainstream, at least. And I'm talking exclusively about the mainstream. This performative activism by celebrities yeah. and people with money yeah so eric has to go to yoga i have to go to yoga um but if you want to see more and really get sort of the detailed nitty-gritty of what we just talked about in this episode visit erica's instagram i h-a-r-t-e-r-i-c-k-a you'll see the highlighted stories um on her page about what we discussed about the Golden Glows, where it was way more, we just went off. We went off. Uh, we popped off. But this off. was different. This is not what we talked about there. No, it's not what we yeah. talked about there. But if you really want the backstory, the nitty gritty details, yeah. the those, this is the abridged version of that. Yeah. Um, because people have literally, this was not our planned first podcast. We have another episode, a very special guest episode coming up for you soon this month. Um, but this was actually impromptu because people asked us to do this. Yeah. Um, and to talk about this in this way i think um baby you have a couple last words to sum it up i really just was listening to you and just it made me it, i have a lot of thoughts i have a lot of thoughts around masculinity but it's, it's a step further we, I uh, that's would be my last thought yeah. we will do anything anything to protect masculinity yeah anything that oprah stood on that stage and accepted an award from a literal literal i mean you if you support Herbert Hoover, like, you are a bigot. Period. Like, you W.E.B. Du Bois would have told you that, and he lived you, during you that time. You accepted an award from a bigot, by, that is a bigot, the namesake of a bigot, talking about the civil rights movement. What else is there to say? That's literally the cognitive dissonance, the emotional abuse that is the United States. You had a black femme accept an award, from a bigot, a known Republican, a known Republican bigot. Let's yes. just say Republican no more. Just say bigot. Okay. <laughs> then talk about the civil rights movement in this blanket statement about a major, a major issue in the United States without really saying and using anything. a black woman's story who died in a nursing home ten days prior. Right. Using to, her story to then inspire people to share their story, continue to share their story because some. For some reason, we think that if you continue to share your story, that people will, then you call. No. Here's the thing. I think what needs to be said is share your story if you feel safe. Because sharing your story is not, I don't know that that's sufficient. Abusers come fucking forward. It's not my responsibility. I don't think it's a responsibility of victims to share their abuser's name. It's not realistic. It's, it's not. a lot of fear and apprehension surrounding that. Um, the last thing I'll say, and then it's over and out for us for now, is that um, what happened to Reese Taylor happened in 1944, and it was brought to light by Rosa Parks. Newsflash, I didn't know that Rosa Parks had been an activist 10 years before um, her demonstration 
at the um, on the bus um, in Montgomery. I had no idea, and that is something that I talk about on Instagram stories on Erica's Instagram. I H A R T E R I C K A. We'll have the links available to you. Um, this shit is hella crazy as fuck. And it's not about Oprah. Oprah is just a proxy for a much larger issue right. that we're having around neoliberalism and neoliberal capitalism and using black films to do that bidding. Good night. Good night. So we thought we were done. Yeah, we came If back. you're a sound person, you will hear that we came back. No, you won't because I'm hella raw as fucking you should hire me. Ebony. Ebony is a sound person. So a lot of people have been asking us, you know, how do I compensate y'all for your work and the work that you do well ebony and i are both educators so if you ever ever actually want us to come and do a workshop about racial justice we can absolutely do that yes we can uh, we could come to you all of those things can be worked out and ebony is a logistical genius and works these things out with me um, and my sex education, breast cancer advocacy, advocacy talks and things of that sort. But we could come together because people seem to really like us as a unit. And that's something that we could do. Ebony is also a sound and audio engineer. So your sound and audio engineer dreams, if you're making a movie, then holla at your boy. Ebony is a is Thank incredible, you, has an incredible ear Thanks and for is the LinkedIn insanely bashful whenever I talk about him. So yeah, those are a few a few things that you could support, a few ways that you could support our work. And I just wanted to share that because people have been asking us. Um uh, but back to Golden Globes talk. You know, I met with my favorite um, she probably doesn't know this, but she is my mentor. Um, so I'm not con- my non-consenting mentor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I met with her today because I'm taking over one of her classes next semester. I'll be teaching, um, at Hunter and she was giving me the rundown and we, you know, we started talking about the golden globes and she said, you know what, what I was seeing is, you know, one, one of, she said some of on her Facebook page said, well, how conscious are you? If you are even watching the Golden Globes. Bloop. <laughs> and I felt red to filth. Bling bling. I didn't watch the Golden Globes because Ebony and I don't own a television. No. Um, and even if I'm I, from the Bay Area. And I, watch, I have Hulu. Y'all know I'll be watching This Is Us and Master Chef Junior and all that jazz. But Ebony and I really just be sitting up here listening to music. And you know? talking hella much. And I don't mean that to mean anything about us. I know people are like, I'm so conscious because I don't have a television. I don't <laughs> mean that. We just don't really watch television. No. Um, we rather be all in our heads. It's and probably bone. something to do with our Sagittarius and Gemini and signs. Okay, Jesus Christ. And That's bone. his Taurus rising speaking. Okay. So, be, when we got all, we, you know, we recorded this morning, we recapped Oprah, we talked about those things, and then I got on my Facebook and I started seeing all Slate released, you know, how the Golden Globes activism missed the mark or something or other. And then another... Um, article came out and was like, oh, how the Golden Globes was, you know, um, crappy. And then I saw, first what I thought was, it's interesting how all these think pieces are coming out after our um, Instagram story went relatively viral. Yeah. Like, I think we increased followers in two days by 4,000. So many people shared our conversation. Right. So one thing is that what happens a lot to black and brown radical folks, but black and brown people in general, 
um, is that people steal their um, their work, especially so black theft. and brown, queer and trans people. Yes, absolutely. By and large. Yeah. So, you know, if you see the things that we've said somewhere, let us know. You know, or give credit us a, a nigga. Shout, I mean, it ain't credit. nothing. We don't, you know, we're not, you know, trying to get any money necessarily, but just like give us a credit, Lord. Um, we're so not yeah. trying to get no money, but it's free. It's game. Right. We're giving you straight game. Right. Free you wouldn't 99. have been able to write that article if you didn't watch or hear or something we said. It's just credit. And, and and the thing is, is that I don't think it's like um, novel thought. I don't think it's necessarily original thought. I just think that people, a lot of people were hesitant to sort of talk openly. And we were also included in that, mm-hmm. but we said, fuck it, because mm-hmm. we were so incensed. And so upset. So I feel like the cost to us, you know, is material and it's emotional and it's, you know, it has a lot of repercussions talking about the mother of all favorites. Yeah. The TV mother, the, the broadcast journalist mother, the black rich billionaire, black exception, mother of black exceptionalism. So it costs that's you know a what really I mean? good it costs us something refer to her for yes. sure for mm-hmm. sure there is a cost it's scary yes. it is honestly scary talking about um oprah or just talking about anybody that is a public figure to that extent yes um, and how they're revered across the board right <laughs> and how spaces. they're intimately linked to a power structure that is insanely wealthy and insanely white yeah. and we all know how rich and white people you know, I ain't even got to explain. You don't even need to say. Coke Brothers. Look that up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I went into my Facebook and I saw this article called The Lefty Critique of um, Hashtag Time's Up is Tired and Self-Defeating by Rinku Sen. Now, Rinku Sen is the former executive director of Race Forward. And I have worked with Race Forward before. They do really incredible work. Um, They have merged with another organization that I can't think of the name of. Um, But one part of Race Forward is that a lot of their racial justice work is tailored for white people. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes the people that use their work or access their workshops is, and you could probably say that most racial justice workshops, unless otherwise specified, are for white people. Um, (laughs) but But this particular organization has really organized itself around working with white people so they could be more socially just or racial just. Um, and, I don't and even know what that means. What? Like getting, I think it's you going on a, you about to go on a tangent. I'm not going to go on a tangent, but I don't know how white people can be more racially just. I don't get the It's a whole other podcast. Okay, we'll talk about that. We it, also do a racial justice workshop. We do, but I think our aims are a lot different than they some are. Of organizations They're like completely Race different. Forward. They're completely like we're different. trying to get people to decolonize and divest completely and different. S- sort of um, give up and get out of their own way and give up their investment and attachment to whiteness. For the greater good and for their own personal good to see the folly in racism. I feel like other people or other work that I've seen, anti-racist work that's geared toward white people is get them to feel okay. Right. And if you have to understand a place like Race Forward that has workshops all over the country, some an organization with that much capacity is forming their workshops such that white people will access this, will want to access it. Got it. Not say, oh, this is too triggering before they get to the door. Got it. So they figured out a way to, you know, you know, shape their curriculum such that people want to have it. Got is it. that bad? Not necessarily, no. but some of the stuff is not 
great. Um, does it make a difference? Sure, but for who is the question? That's the Always other podcast. Ask, the who difference. is this for? Right. That's the new. That's another episode, y'all. We got y'all. We hit y'all with that episode. So um, I, I say all of that because this person Rinku sent Rinku sent. I just want to get their name right. Rinku sent wrote this article, and if you read the article, it's in the Nation. Um, it essentially is. Um, it's it's literally silencing of the voices of people like Ebony and I who have been speaking out against the Golden Globes and well not out against the gold well against the Golden Globes but against the action quote unquote that happened at the Golden Globes. It mm-hmm. literally is that we are supposed to bow down. I'm I'm not paraphrasing. This is mm-hmm. literally what the article says mm-hmm. is that I'm supposed that we are supposed to just jump on board with what happened at the golden globes. The the celebrities are doing what they could. Um, they're doing what was in their capacity, which is bullshit. Um, they raised X amount of money. They brought black and Brown activists to center their work. Like what else do you people want? That's essentially what it felt like. Yes, it did feel like <laughs> um, it didn't say yeah. you people, but it might, they as, might well as well have. Um, and I think it's fascinating people that are at the hem, the helms of, um, racial justice work that those are the same people because who also was quoted in this is Alicia Garza and this person is saying that she went to I don't know their pronouns that they went to Alicia Garza and Alicia Garza also or on lament- her Facebook page yeah right Alicia Garza also lamented in the same ways yeah right on Alicia Garza's Facebook page and if you mm-hmm. go to Alicia Garza Alicia Garza's Facebook page. She does like a poll like thing like I do often. That's like, um, I don't even have the energy to really talk about this, but what would what does a million dollar what is the poll? What does a um a movement in the millions look like? A movement in the millions toward, I guess, social justice is what right. she's saying. So I'm reading this article and I'm shocked. Shut. I'm completely shocked because it's not, I know people understand that community organizing and in literally that's what they are. Celebrities mm-hmm. are a community and community organizing doesn't look like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like a hashtag of people wearing color. Mm-hmm. It literally at, it literally at its basic definition does not look like that. Um, and what I did just, you say it's a disruption. It's a disruption. You're disrupting something. <laughs> you have to actually not adapting to it right. and co-opting it and right. sitting at the damn award show. You literally sitting at the table. Yes. You're not <laughs> You're turning not that motherfucker over. You already had a seat at the table and then you sat at it anyway. It's yeah. like you literally made no difference whatsoever. No. You brought more people to the table, but then you didn't really allow them to speak. And a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, Erica, you know they did speak. They spoke in some of the interviews, speaking about the activists who came." And I'm like. They spoke in some of the interviews. A pre-show interview that barely anybody watches it's and not remembers. Sufficient. And we, Ebony and I, ha- maybe should have watched the Golden Globes because I didn't realize, and what no one has said, at least I, that I haven't seen, is that after Oprah gave this subpar speech, two cis men who have been accused of sexual assault won awards. How in God's name... How in God's name am I supposed to get on board? And in 
in in some sort of quote unquote activist fear or d- a direct action that's completely violent. Yeah. If there's somebody on a stage that has been accused of sexual assault in a space that's a direct action, whether it be we're standing on the streets of fucking I don't know, on the sidewalk of Brooklyn somewhere, protesting about something all the way to the White House. If if that person has been accused of sexual assault and they're speaking, the space is no longer safe. Period. And you're telling me that I'm just supposed to be on board with this sort of thing. This was beautiful. This was amazing. Like, you have got to be kidding me. When I was reading that, I was so infuriated because there's all of these people. Alicia Garza. I reve- I literally lift so up. So who, if for people lifted- who don't know who Alicia Garza is, who is Alicia Garza? Alicia Garza is one of the founders and creators of Black Lives Matter. Yes. Yeah. So Black, somebody queer, super... Super big deal. Yeah. Like, in my, I mean, for me, the Black Lives Matter movement was almost like my firsthand, almost like my civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like Many to me. Many people feel that way. And this is and this is a person that's saying that this was a great idea. This is also a person that has literally been absent, in my opinion. And and if that's how you need to take care of yourself, that's fine. But been absent as far as black trans women dying. Yeah. Like I really haven't seen them talking about their I don't think there's been much of a march organized around that. And you think you think that celebrities coming together at a at an event that was gonna happen anyway, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't an event that, that happens just, every that year. They just, for that they just created. It wasn't yeah. an event that they created. And said this shall not be. That yeah. did not happen. It was an event that was gonna happen anyway. Mm-hmm. That's very much organized. That has television commercials. That has sponsors and all that jazz. You think that that was a good idea? Yep. And we're supposed to celebrate that. Yep. Something is off. <laughs> yep. The, these folks are in the sunken place, and it's like perfect example of sunken place. The Golden Globes, this is so interesting, the connection. The Golden Globes has been around since 1944. That was the same year that Reese Taylor was raped by six white men. So the Golden Globes first began. The first Golden Globe was awarded in 1944. This was the same year that she was right. How ironic. So I don't know if anybody wants to talk about that as being a sort of anniversary of sorts. But yeah. if that's any indication that the Glo- the Golden Globes isn't the uh, uh, necessarily an organizing space nor is it ever intended to be that, um, if that's any indication of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's been wild. A, it's been here for a while. That's wild. Didn't nobody talk about that. And so my thing that I do want to also say and address is like, I strongly feel like, you know, yes, we came out and we talked about it hella candidly. And that's sort of, um, it's not like a brand of activism for us. You know, for me, I like I said, I'm a nigga from the ghetto. I'm from East Oakland. I don't, I'm not... I don't organize my political and social beliefs around 
um, a sort of set of values that are veiled to everybody. I don't feel like I had a choice to be leftist or progressive or conservative. I think if I'm thinking about my where I sit as a black trans person um, from a poor family, um, from a urban center in this country, I can't. I don't. I didn't have no choice. I didn't get to choose left or right. I get, didn't get to choose a way to lean. I'm black. You know what I mean? I don't have many options available to me. And and anytime a black person or even a person of color is conservative, any like you say, it's all skin folk and kin folk. Any it's person who wrote the article in the Nation is a Southeast Asian person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if it's any, I so so that's my thing. It's just like. When that does happen, when you do have people who have conservative values under, even if they call themselves leftists, this person is sort of alluding to the fact that their politics are progressive. Mm-hmm. W. Du Bois. I mean, Ebony Donnelly, not no, dead, but uh, rolling. rolling. No, that's, I'm, I'm like, I'm almost at the point where I'm just like, this is an ideological sort of game for people. It's like it you're. You all in your head with it, and this is these are this is our literal bodies and our literal lives at stake. Yeah. And motherfuckers got all types of think pieces and opinions around that. Yeah. And I think what actually has happened is that there was way more people than just you and I talking about that um, in the ways that we did. But those are black queer and trans people who um, feel silent, who are who are often silenced in organizing the activist spaces around these issues Mm -hmm. that affect them the most. Mm -hmm. Anytime there's a criticism from um, people in activists, people who are, I guess, in the upper echelons of activist spaces or, you know, career activists who really, you know, have made a killing um, financially from that work and, you know, who often have a proximity to whiteness that allows them to make as much money as they do or mm-hmm. have access to the Golden Globes and all mm-hmm. these different types of spaces unless they're being used as a pawn like a lot of the activists were right. used in that moment. Right. But it's always these motherfuckers in the upper echelon and the corporate sponsorship shit that are always like criticizing people who are affected by it saying, hey, this is actually not in my best interest. This is actually not how I think this is not liberatory for me. This actually doesn't really help people who look like me or people from my um, uh, marginalized communities like mine. Like, I'm not really feeling this. Like, anytime there's that type of discourse going on, it's always somebody saying, well, what do you want? Or what should you do? Or what should we do? Or what? It- oh, this is a good step. Or this is a step forward. It's like, they don't oh, you criticize should just be- white folks. You should just be happy. You should be just every time a person from a marginalized community say, I don't want the scraps. I see right through it. I see right through it. I'm not going to buy into it. It's more of the same. Mm-hmm. Anytime that happens, it's a criticism from somebody in an activist space. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these people are black. Yeah. Alicia Garza just said during the women's march, she wrote a whole like Huffington Post piece during the women's march. And a lot of the criticism that was actually that really rounded out the women's march and really brought how bullshit it was to life was coming from black queer and trans femmes Mm -hmm. but she writing whole thing pieces and i got white people on my facebook sharing it like oh yeah like you know coming from a black person coming from alicia garza just the women's march was a good idea just because it's coming from alicia garza it doesn't mean that it's it has value (laughs) 
True. It doesn't mean, yeah, it's valuable. That's her opinion. But that doesn't mean that that's how all black people believe. Or that doesn't mean that you get the stamp of approval that's because how Alicia Garza works. says. But that's yeah. how power works. If you are if in, if your activism is proximal to white power and in and, and the things that will allow your message to be distributed more widely, the money that would be allowed it to, that will allow it to, to be distributed more widely, you are then looked at as the beacon and the monolith for all this shit. I feel so, like this is like maybe very similar to Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. In what like way? Martin Luther King followers versus Malcolm X followers. In what Malcolm way? X is always way incredibly more radical than Martin Luther King ever the perception. was. Perception. Well, right, but that that was the perception of Martin Luther King. Because Martin Luther King Martin was Luther radical. King wasn't insanely. But Martin Luther King wasn't like I'm. I'm gonna you know what did he say? Martin Luther King was insanely radical, but Martin Luther King was like a lot of his uh, the 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 crux of a lot of his speeches was love. It was talking about love. Yes, and love. He's a preacher. Malcolm X is talking about white people are not capable of forgiveness. You stab so, me in my back, you pull it out. So it's that's, still a there. Theolo- like, <laughs> that's a very good theological conversation to have. That's very interesting. Yeah. Ebony's eyes just lit up, Lord. Because All that means is that Ebony is about tight. to drop a bomb. That's hella... No, that's just hella tight. But at the same time, it's like, it wasn't like this very cut and dry Christian perspective. Martin Luther King Jr. was borrowing from Buddhist texts. Martin Luther King was borrowing from philosophical texts. Like, it was a very informed theology around love. It wasn't just purely based on some Protestant love your master type of shit. No, I'm which, not saying you know, that. I'm not saying but that. But that was a perception I'm, that people had of Martin Luther right. King. Right. I'm just drawing the the maybe the possible connection of what may be happening. But this is this seems far fetched. Yeah, no, I think this they were a lot like, more similar than history will tell. I'm I thinking, think their beliefs I'm, th- were. I'm honestly thinking about when I worked in nonprofit. Whenever I worked in nonprofits, I worked primarily with young people, mm. and the amount of young people who disclosed to me that they had been sexually assaulted, and the amount of adults who then didn't know what to do in the process to mm. have it reported. Or then didn't think that it was a good idea that we report it. Um, or then just didn't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. It was always the adults that were like the issue or mm-hmm. were what was in the way. But then I think about those youth and I think about how little of a difference it'll make that a bunch of famous people came together and said, time's up. Yeah. Because hashtags die. It's yeah. like, yeah, you, and I think about most of the, the youth that I work with were oftentimes poor. And when a poor youth sees famous people, if you ever talk to youth, <laughs> the first thing that they see is money. Mm-hmm. So what oftentimes what even even adults in that same like economic status will say things like, well, you can't do that because you don't have money. You right. can't come forward about sexual assault because you don't have money, right. which isn't necessarily true or right. necessarily wrong. Uh, right. Or, you know, it's like not necessarily incorrect or correct. Um, but it's something to consider that here are these uh, millionaires and billionaires in a room saying, come forward and tell your story, but not thinking about 
the people that that do come forward and tell their story and nobody believes them. Yeah. Nobody hears them. Their story doesn't go anywhere because it doesn't have social capital, right? right. They're not billionaires. They don't have 5 million followers. They have maybe 5 50 followers right. on Instagram and the cost is much higher for them yeah. to come forward. But yeah. you're saying to the world because yeah. that's who saw the Golden Globes. It's the world. People watch that show right? Uh, or that, that event that it's now time is up. And I just think about, I think about that. I think about young people and how little that message means. Right. But if you actually said, you know, this show is over, the time is up on the Golden Globes until this gets rectified. Yeah. That actually makes a difference. Right. There will be no Golden Globes until y'all go to jail. Right. <laughs> it, this, there will be no Golden Globes until we talk about the ways in which we're actually going to address the actions that we're going to take in Hollywood around sexual assault. Yeah. These are the steps that we're taking in Hollywood around sexual assault. Now that we have these in place, we will now move forward with the, the awards. Right. Thank you. Each and every person will be saying how they will be implementing sexual assault. I just literally came uh, sexual assault awareness in their work at, on their fucking sets, whatever it might be. I just came up with that in literally three minutes. What, what could right. they possibly come up with if they just put their billionaire brains together for just a little bit? Right. They came up with black dresses. Um, time's up hashtag and $60 million. How hard is that? How hard is that? Right. Right. And sexual assault jokes. Yeah. How hard is that? legal defense fund. Come on now. Come on now. Actually take action that brilliant people can see. So they can say, you know what? Person that's assaulting me, you're actually not going to do this because it's not right. I see why it's not right. I'm going to take this action because I know to take this action. Yeah. Oh, can we also implement this at our after school program? Yeah. Where lots of sexual assault happens. Can yeah. we also implement this at our school? Yeah. Not wearing black. <laughs> you wear black one day, you don't wear it the next day, then what? It's just like um uh like June. So June is like the big gay month, right? That's where right. all the prides are all over the world. And if you have ever worked in a school setting, some schools will try to do something around queer awareness, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, uh, maybe there'll be one day where everybody wears rainbows. And maybe on that one day, people aren't being assaulted for being queer or outwardly queer. Maybe on, maybe on right. that one day. But after that day, before that day, they were being assaulted. But right. on that day, everybody was wearing rainbow colors. Right. But that doesn't mean that they understand <laughs> what they need to be but doing. But the thing is, they... babe, these people who are in favor of the Golden Gloves and in favor in calling this an action, a, a direct action, calling it an organized takeover. These are all the synonyms that I've heard to describe this event. They don't they're not necessarily talking about, you know, what it means to wear black. They're just saying that billionaires and millionaires and this group of insanely important people to some people, mainly to white people, um, because I don't really give a fuck about none of them. I don't know any of those people. I don't keep up with pop culture very well. Um, they're saying like the, the whole thing is, um, they care. And that because they now care, time is up. 
It's not necessarily like it's symbolic. This is what, um, what is her name? Natalie Portman, you know, all these people doing interviews that keep saying it's symbolic. It's symbolic of what? That people care. Yeah. It's symbolic, like a rainbow flag. Right. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that queer people don't die. That doesn't mean that queer people don't experience slurs. It's just a flag. I'm over here trying to play dumb ass devil advocate. It's not working. I'm not trying to play devil's advocate. Is that what advocate. you're doing? No, I don't uh-huh. even know how to do that. But I'm trying to. Well, is what I'm saying. I'm trying make... to make sense out of non out of the nonsense that. But is what is. I'm saying making sense? It makes a lot of sense, but I think it's too far advanced than than what they intended. I'm just confused. They didn't intend because, to do anything because the Black Lives Matter, you know, marches that I attended and the marches that I saw were were orchestrated in a way <laughs> such that an action can happen such that people's voices were heard only particular people spoke you know who those people were uh-huh. black people right if you are uh, if you are under the assumption or you understand that sexual assault hope happens mostly to cisgender people or people who are presenting feminine why don't why did you have any men speak why does seth myers host right <laughs> At the very least, shift all of that. Right. You couldn't have done that, Oprah? She could have. You couldn't have hosted the whole thing? You used to host the whole damn show. Why not? And just literally make the whole event about how you are moving forward. Right. The thing is, it's all a ruse. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, as I started to try to... I guess what's, what I'm dealing with and grappling with, and I'm barely... I'm like I'm kind of like losing my words and my footing is that it's hella infuriating and really fucked up. And I think where I'm coming from is that I'm mostly hurt by that article in the name. I was hurt by everything and I was just as incensed as you were, but I really, that article in the nation by another person of color and then to have a black femme, femme presenting person. I don't know how Alicia Garza identifies, but having a black femme presenting person co-sign that. Um, in the way that she did or in the way that they did, they can claim that they didn't co-sign or, but they, they're being cited, Mm -hmm. um, in this person's article. And Alicia Garza has said things about the women's March where it's like, this is essentially, this is great. And if you hate and shut the fuck up, because how are we going to all make it together if we don't join hands and kumbaya it up and you know whatever white people are able to do for us let's get excited around what they're able to do and they clearly telling us this is all they can do a couple t-shirts and 16 million dollars even though one of them probably has a 16 million dollar outfit on all outfits together cost 16 million dollars um everybody the totality of the cost of everybody's outfit yeah during the damn show but they saying this that wasn't is all even they can the do. most money that could donate. But that's what they saying. This is what they can do. A whole right. bunch of white people. I saw some of those um, interviews interspliced in the show, and this is what they're doing. And then you had this person in Rinku Sin, you know, calling people's reactions to the ways that they're being oppressed, and having their oppressors then goad them and guilt trip and gaslight them into yep. buying into it. Having her call that specious. Oh, the specious claims across social media. Yeah. But you said Reese Witherspoon is an intrepid and determined leader of our movement to end sexual violence. It's interesting. That's maybe. Why are we even? That's How did this? I'm dumbfounded. This may be far-fetched, but. 
species. If, you know, if we're talking about racism, right? Mm. There, and we use a stereotype, we'll just use a stereotype, for example. If someone believes that all black people are criminals, mm. and then someone says that's not true, and mm. then another person says, well, I actually was, you know, robbed at gunpoint by this black person, so mm. I actually believe it is true. Mm-hmm. This Rinku person is saying, you should hear what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's literally. That that's feels. not far fetched. That's literally that's how on that the money. feels. That's on the money, man. It's like, oh, you know what? Just hear how they feel. Hear them out. Like, be really like understanding because that's the only way that we're gonna come together. Do does Riku Sen and Alicia Garza and anybody else who's on this camp ride? <laughs> I don't know what a camp ride is. It's a this fun, bus this ride. sounded correct. This bus ride. Camp ride. <laughs> this camp ride. <laughs> Think that we don't read? I'm just curious. They know do they we think read. that we know? Do they? Do they think that we don't know who the leaders before them were, like Baldwin or <laughs> or Audrey Lord or Fanny Lou Hamer? Somebody. Lou Hamer. Do they think that we don't know any of? Do they think that they are the ones? Because I'm I'm shocked. And then they get on this. It's almost like she asks her on her Facebook status. And I know a lot of people who know Alicia Garza, so they might feel a way about it. I don't give a fuck. And I'm telling you why I don't give a fuck. Because I'm really from Oakland. I'm really oh from Lord, East Oakland. He's going to start. No, but I'm really, no, I'm really from the gutter. So I think all of this sort of indignation, it's almost like people are self-righteous. Like, oh, you know, those leftists, they can't have any fun. Oh, those radical right. progressives, you know. Right. Oh, man, always raining on the parade. Oh, you know, this is gonna, it's a step. You know, accountability is next, but... This is a step in the right direction. They're doing the right thing. But how many people who are actually in the trenches doing work on be black people love other black people. Mm-hmm. That's a secret. Mm-hmm. We love each other. Mm-hmm. We've devoted and given our lives time and time again toward the cause of our own well-being. Mm. Black people love each other. Black people will and have died for each other mm-hmm. so that we can live mm-hmm. so that can, we can live freely, mm-hmm. not sit at the motherfucking Golden Globes. Right. Black people organize in spaces in their own communities. During Ferguson, before Black Lives Matter got there, shit was being blown up. Right. Whole cop cars being exploded. People go to jail. People die. Mm-hmm. It was a few activists in Ferguson who were killed randomly. Bodies, no investigation forthgoing around their murders. Yep. How's their families doing? So this whole very public outward facing debate around people's ideologies, I could give a fuck less about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm calling out the black people and the people of color who claim to be on the side or right, but they the gatekeepers for the bullshit. Yeah. They're the gatekeepers for the system. Yeah. And they want us to adapt the system into our lives. Mm-hmm. That article in the Guardian calling Oprah a neoliberals, neoliberal, one of the great neoliberal capitalist thinkers. They don't want us to to they want us to change. Mm-hmm. But they don't want us to change the world we live in. Yeah. They want to change how we live in the world. Just be happy. Just be happy. Mm-hmm. 
This is what they were able to do. Mm-hmm. This is all they could do. You don't need to rate it, the the amazing Reese Witherspoon. White that's supremacy the, should the say one. that yeah. is what you're saying. That's yeah. what they're really alluding to. Yeah, Alicia Gard. That's what you're alluding to. Rinku saying that's what you're alluding to. Yeah, that white supremacy can be worked with. Yeah, we can work within the realm and bounds of white supremacy. Yeah, we can do it. If that is a sacrifice that needs to be made for my comfortable ass home in San Francisco, my couch, from my my fucking iPhone, my Twitter fingers, if that is from the seat of comfort, my creature comforts, if that's a sacrifice that needs to be made, then let's do it. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of the little guy, quote unquote, being fucking stomped on all the time. And then when they dare to get up, you got a nut, somebody else, a person of color, telling them to shut the fuck up. Yeah. And you got a white person rewarding them for their efforts and getting us to play along. Mm-hmm. It's very, very disheartening. It's unfair. It makes me just want to say, fuck all this intellectual shit. Fuck all these books. Fuck all y'all think pieces. I don't give a shit. No, babe. That's just where you go. Start yes, saying fuck up. everything. Be quiet. You all don't right. mean that. You definitely don't mean fuck no book. You, all these damn I books you got books. in the house. Okay, not fuck All right, the let, me read, let me read some commentary from some of our followers. Um, or people we know and love. hella dearly. dope. Kendriana Speaks, shout out, sent me. My greatest concern about Oprah isn't the fact that she's wealthy. It's the level at which she is so meta. She truly believes in the law of attraction approach to poverty and mental health which totally ignores certain systemic elements associated with being poor and how expensive it is to be poor. I don't want something on a podium telling me about how, if I think enough about it, I too can be a billionaire. And Priscilla Jane, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, says in this space, what I have had to do is become invested into popular culture the conversation surrounding justice and human rights does not exist for white people without me using pop culture as a reference. <laughs> we almost hyperventilated Ooh. on that. Um, this is a longer status by Joseph Hardy on Facebook um, that one of my followers sent me. I'm going to read most of it. Remember when Oprah used her billionaire dollars of resources to support the Black Lives Matter movement? Wait, shit. That never happened. Well, uh, remember when she spoke out about the Laquan McDonald murder in her home city of Chicago and the rampant corruption in the police force and prosecution offices? Wait, shit. That didn't happen either. Well, at least she devoted time and money to fixing the Chicago's public schools and fighting against gentrification and the charter school movement. Wait, fuck. She didn't do that either. Do y'all get my point yet? Her Michael Jordan, her Michael Jordan, Obama, they're all rich before they're black. They're, I'm going to say that again. They're all rich before they're black. Their powers combined in both influence and money could transform the city of Chicago into a haven for the downtrodden. They choose not to. All three of them picked a fortune over fixing problems in their own city. And you think someone like Oprah should be given the reins to a whole country? There's levels to this shit. If she were also an outspoken activist willing to put her money back into community that birthed her, we could talk about problems that are happening down. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, we could talk about this, maybe. But Oprah can't even be bothered to address black and brown problems that are happening down the street from her. 
What do you think she's going to do to help your black asses? A whole lot of nothing. Chance the Rapper is doing more for Chicago than Oprah with 1% of her funds. Period. I'm not voting for him either, but he was a strong case for president than she does. He has a strong case for president than she does. And my final one and my favorite one is from our really good friend. Hold on. Sorry. <laughs> Um, this was in response to the lefty critique of the hashtag of Time's Up is Tired and Self-Defeating by uh, Rainy. That's the first time you said the name of that. Tired and Self-Defeating. Tired. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to call people's reactions to the ways in which they're being oppressed. But they relate to it like it's like it's just a reaction. You understand? It's warranted. Right, but Whether they re- but they re- but they relate to it like like a, a white person saying that oh, but a black person robbed me, so I have right to believe that they're all uh, violent. Yeah. They believe that that statement is as flat or as not is not violent. That statement is just like us saying that Oprah's speech was trash. That's literally what they do. They just put them on the same line Got and it. deal with them at the same level. You right. understand? Right. They're not dealing with people's comments and people's word and people the people's opinions from an intersectional standpoint. Or a systemic socioeconomic oh, one. There. Boom. Got it. They're not at all. It's okay. very it's leftist. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yes, you just grouped us as if even if we were leftist. As if everybody who's a leftist is all the same. Yeah. <laughs> the same positionality. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. And you are not about to tell a black person how they're supposed to feel about a uh, an issue that affects them. Disproportionately. Di- Absolutely. Never. You're never going to do that. So shut up. <laughs> and listen to this podcast and rewind it when I tell you to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> So Joshua Allen is one of our really good friends. And this was his response to the article. Uh, I don't know Josh's um, pronouns. There. Just say there. Okay. So say that over again. So this is Joshua Allen, one of our really good friends. And this is their response to that article. There has always been and will always probably be people who make it their jobs to tell people fighting for change that they need to be more agreeable sensible, calm, and to sit at the table rather than speaking to the issue at hand, here being a pervasive culture of sexual assault. When people of varying ideologies inform them that they have no interest in being calm or rational with a genocidal social structure, period, they show themselves. They have no interest in justice, safety, or what is right. Their argument is rather about the ways in which people go about speaking. Hello, hashtag tone policing. (laughs) Basically saying in order to see any change, people need to be agreeable, rational, and calm. They would look Harriet Tubman, Asada Shakur, or Toussaint Louverture in the eye and say, no, you are defeating the overall purpose here to get us all free. And they would really mean it. (laughs) <laughs> like sincerely believe that finding common ground is the way to go as opposed to just saying, fuck it. I'm done being a slave in a genocidal social structure. That is why there is zero reason to listen to them. Just like there is zero reason to listen to billionaires. Just like there is also zero reason to listen to Nazis. It's as simple as that. Simple. They are wrong. Period. Yep. Time is up when they say. Yep. How long we've been saying time is up. 
How long time been? Time literally is up yet. on what? Would you say time is up? Is time up on white supremacy? Right. Is, is time, time up, up on, on centering white cis men? Is um, it what? time up on you know, institutional racism? Is it time up on, I don't know, my insurance being a fuckhead and playing with my health? Period. Is it time's up on racism in the medical industrial complex? Is it time's up on black trans women dying? I mean, what we, we've been saying this for a long ass time. This hashtag is not unique. It is not um, smart. <laughs> I think it's time's up on a hegemonic power structure. It's time's up Let's go. on activists who claim to be anti-racist mimicking that same hegemony in a way that they interrelate with people who also want to be free. It's time's up on people who call themselves activists. Because if it's you're time- really doing that work, you're Shut just the doing fuck it. Down. Okay. I'm sorry. I <laughs> cursed a lot through this, but Ebony it is not a, a g- I need people to know Ebony's this a is not a talking point. This is not a talking what point. What is it? This is, is this this conversation is not a it it's a conversation, yes. But it you always talk about this, babe, the impact. Mm-hmm. It has impact, a massive impact. It, it's almost like people are more concerned with the gesture, more concerned with the symbol mm-hmm. than people's actual experience and survivors and victims of sexual assaults, actual experiences yep. living in their bodies. Reese Taylor was yep. harassed for 20 years. Mm-hmm. She had to move to Florida. She had to leave Alabama. Mm-hmm. Because it was, she said that white people treated her so badly, even after the two white men had confessed and had been acquitted, even after her trial, mm-hmm. she still couldn't be in her body. <laughs> How could you call that justice? Yep. How is this being raised in 2018 when it happened in 1944? How am I supposed to be satisfied with that? It's supposed to be cool. It's supposed to be working together. And honoring the work that famous people are doing to not convict people who have committed sexual assault. To have them win awards and continue to sit comfortably in the hills of Hollywood. But even not even just, I think another thing we need to do is move this conversation from a conversation around <coughs> rich people. Yes, they are included in this, but there are regular degler, schmegler, my same income bracket, tax bracket, white people who are gross and who also buy into this perception that black people are somehow making or, or marginalized communities are somehow making an issue out of no issue or, oh, why y'all overanalyzing or, oh, y'all make everything, you know, about wreck. Like there are white people, there are regular degler schmegler white people who are also at the base mm-hmm. and who benefit mm-hmm. from the perpetuation of these systems. Mm-hmm. Who benefit from the cult of personality. I who mean, would vote the shit out of Oprah if she ran. Because mm-hmm. they used to watch the show or their mama used to watch the show. Yep. But maybe if Reese Witherspoon ran up against Oprah, Reese would win. That's <laughs> <laughs> not ridiculous. <laughs> It's like I was saying earlier. So Oprah, like, no live, offense. You can be no my running mate. Like, like I love you, but, like, you know, I've been doing, you know, like time is work up. a little bit longer. Time yeah. is up. <laughs> it's like I was saying earlier. If we live in a country that won't even call a racist a racist, they'll say, oh, they have implicit bias. Thank you, race forward. Rinku Sen. 
<laughs> right. Then why would we ever believe that we're going to live in a country where famous people stand on a stage and call out sexual abusers to end a show? To stop it. To literally have the show not happen. Direct action. Hello. They could have did that. Literally. Every single person that went up to announce an award could have just said their name. I also feel like there was a hesitance to criticize the methodology used because people are pinning this on the activists that were brought by the celebrities. They're saying that they created and came up and led. Y'all are so full of shit. Even though they they probably came up with it years ago, and they I, I, I bet you any amount of money that they never ever Tarana Burke never said, oh yeah, I'll just go with Michelle Williams. Why couldn't Tarana Burke go by herself? Period. What is Michelle Williams even in? Tarana Burke has to go as a date with Michelle Williams. Why? There's plenty of people that go by themselves. Right. Why can't Tarana Burke walk the red carpet by her damn self? And it presents an award as Tarana Burke. You didn't even have her speak on the main stage. I'm supposed to be happy that she got an interview. You're supposed to be happy she was there. Oh, right. I'm just supposed to be happy that she was there. Like you said, this That's whole it. episode could be called Y'all Supposed to Be Happy. I'm supposed to y'all be happy. Y'all ruined. Our people was on Facebook. Oh, y'all ruining a oh, joyous moment. That's what people told us. Joyous moment. Y'all like a motherfucking a baby been moment. born, nigga. A, a joyous moment. A right. fucking award show. Yeah. And we won't even like give any play to the white person that <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. No, but it's just. I don't even just... know how to sum it up, but she really tried it. She basically was defending Oprah and then came to say, came around to try to talk about her business model. And they hit and you in the DMs. Said, <laughs> and then said, well, I was just really trying to see if you would do this workshop, but clearly you. You, you think would all never businesses are evil. <laughs> so people don't do that. Don't gaslight people to do workshops because they don't like Oprah. <laughs> and it's not that I don't like Oprah. Like I mean, I fucks with Oprah. I'm sorry. When I was a kid, when I was in high school, I used to say I'm gonna be like Oprah. And you know why I said that? Because she talks a lot and she had a talk show. It's not because she was famous or because she was rich. I just wanted a talk show. I still kind of want one. Right. You know, kind of. Because I don't want to. I don't want to interview people I don't feel like talking to. Right. So I don't want that. <laughs> but I like that. I thought that that was cool. And it's also Oprah doesn't necessarily look like me, but she was the closest thing. Right. So Oprah represents a lot of things to a lot of people. But the, the, what, what I'm listening to and what you're saying is it don't matter if you like Oprah or not. It's not about Oprah, y'all. Oprah is a proxy for a larger conversation that we're having about motherfuckers trying to get marginalized identity, people from marginalized identities to buy into the system. In the way that the system decides. Mm -hmm. Not in a way that would actually make a difference for us. Because if it did, it would be no system. It would be gone. That's right. It would be no race forward no more. We wouldn't need it no more. Right. People don't want to deal with it. Every single nonprofit I have ever worked at, people have always asked me, are you sure you want to work here? Because it seems like you want to like dismantle. And I'm like, I absolutely want to. Don't you? I you love... want the nonprofit to stay forever? You want this nonprofit yeah. 
to that supporting trans youth or that supporting queer youth to stay forever? Don't you want systems just to be in place in the world to support them? Such you that them this to doesn't to need to here? exist? Right. You want them just to come here for the rest of their lives? Yeah, nigga, because I need on. my 300K right. a year. Hello. I need my 401K. We should do a whole podcast if on we the will. We got nonprofit industrial on complex. Episodes on Let's episodes of speeches spurious, superficially plausible claims. Let's end with this poem. What do you think? Uh, from who? My Angela, Al- I shall rise. Al- <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear no damn poem. I want to hear, you know, fight the power. I want to hear motherfucking <laughs> sipping on some scissor. Sip, sipping sip, on sip, some tip, sipping. Because I need some music make me feel better. This you don't want to hear this poem. Okay. What is the poem about? From whom? Alice Walker. Yes. Be nobody's darling. Be an outcast. Take the contradictions of your life and wrap around you like a shawl. To party, to parry stones to keep you warm. Watch the people succumb to madness with ample cheer. Let them look askance. I can't, I don't know this word, babe. Askance. Askance, At yes. you. And, and you, askance, reply. Askance. Be an outcast. Be pleased to walk alone, uncool. Or lime the crowded riverbeds with, with the other impetus fools. Make a merry gathering on the bank where thousands perished for brave hurt words, they said. But be nobody's darling. Be an outcast qualified to live among your dead. You're not even Can I read a poem? Yes. I'll read just an excerpt. An excerpt for you is at least a page. No, no. Capitalist society is particularly in need of stories. Our everyday lives are defined by going to school and to work, caring for our kids, listening to gossip, having a laugh, and stressing about this or that. Yet all of these micro-interactions take place within a set of larger structures and relationships whose primary purpose is to make a profit. The vast majority of people go to jobs that were not created to meet human needs, but to give the owners of capital a return on their investment. All of us, wage earners and capitalists alike, are locked into a system designed to perpetually accumulate more and more profit, not to satisfy human needs or provide for the common good. This is a strange way of organizing society. It goes against our nature as social, mutualistic beings. Yet for capitalism to survive and thrive, people must willingly participate in and reproduce its structures and norms. Coercion and duress work to integrate the poorest and most desperate members of society, but they are not sufficient to ensure the generation of profits in the long term. Large swaths of the population must actively or at least passively believe that capitalist society is worth their creativity, energy, and passion, that it will provide a sense of meaning, that it meets their need for justice and security. And then when you bring in a conversation about capitalism and race, you'll use black people as an example and get how dumb and stupid an idea of capitalism bringing you any type of justice or security is. Say that. And that's that, the end, folks. That's an that's an excerpt that from, from Nicole Ashcost, The New Profits of Capital, which we talked about. Oh, a my bit baby earlier. is gonna buy this book. Um, I'm gonna buy the fuck out of the book. You <laughs> should buy it too. Don't buy it from Amazon. Oh, we bought- also book plug. Let's do a book plug. What's don't buy it from Amazon? Don't buy it, buy it from www.versobooks.com. Support these small retailers. Go to your damn yes. local 
You know what I mean? And go to the publishing company and buy it from them directly. Yeah, yeah. Give somebody some coin who actually, you know, did something. All right. So Radical Reproductive Justice is a really incredible book written by um, most of the people at Sister Song, if not all of them. Um, Loretta Ross, um, Lynn Roberts, who is my um, non-consenting mentor, who I love. Erica Durkas, Whitney Peoples, and Pamela Bridgewater Tour. Uh, radical reproductive just radical reproductive justice um go to feminist press and buy it from there if you are not supporting amazon and that's it and poverty is sexism poverty is sexism lord jesus oh man i'm tired babe no more we're not gonna talk about the teacher we could go they, on and we're on. We're not. We're done. We're not talking about this. So I hope y'all. I know y'all asked to have a, a like a synopsis of what we said on our stories, but anybody got time for that? They're highlighted. Go look at them. No, no, no. They wanted the Oprah to be summarized, and we did the Oprah part. I didn't put on the stories. I didn't put it as a highlight. I just okay. put our go- initial Golden Globe. Remember, we talked about Oprah after, right? Oh, got yeah. it. Got the it. The next day. Okay. It's saved on my my phone, but I didn't put it as a highlight. Put it as a highlight, babe. So Too late. It has to stay as a story to put as a highlight. Okay. Now they have the podcast. Now they'll did listen. Did we really to... talk about it? What? They meant like the issue with Oprah. Yeah, we talked we about did, it. We did, right? Day. All right, y'all. You know, it's motherfucking 1157. Yeah, we're and, tired. Uh, this podcast ain't going to mix itself. Uh, I hope you like it. If you don't, I don't give a fuck. Cause I'm angry. That's I'm not your babe. And you I'm do care. Right Don't say that, to be angry. babe. <laughs> 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 right to be mad. I wonder if people were like, you know what, Solange, you should just be happy. Over and out. And Solange was like, you know what? At the same time, <laughs> cranes in the sky. Sometimes I don't want to feel those little. All right, let's not sing too much. We ain't got to get the license. <laughs> All right, good night, y'all. Good night, so, that's a hair wrap. Oh.